Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Okay, so I got my partner in crime, Susie Allagood, here. Susie, what's up? You've been doing a lot of harassment training lately? Yes, I've been very busy. I've probably done more harassment training this year so far than I've done in the last few years. Yeah, it's obviously a heightened topic. So for those listeners who haven't caught some of Susie's podcasts, Susie is the Vice President of People Development and Culture at Zenium. And lately, she's been doing a ton of training. This has been, harassment has been in the news quite a bit. And so we're going to focus today on kind of the top three practices for preventing workplace harassment. And I invited Susie on, on the podcast to talk about some of the things that are going on. So let's first talk about, you know, how has the, the workplace climate changed as a result of all this harassment stuff coming up? Media is obviously shining the biggest light, Hollywood, um, and this is in the news all the time. And we're getting requests for harassment training. I mean, it's just on the minds of people. What has changed Yes, well, certainly, as you said, there's more awareness and, and there have been some unfortunate situations for organizations that have been brought to light. And so employers are definitely more aware and concerned about whether or not there may be some potential or real harassment going on in their organization. And so they're, you know, they're approaching it a couple different ways. We have some employers who just automatically have had a regular process of providing this type of training. And then we have some employers now, especially, who are concerned that, you know, hey, I, mean, I don't want to be surprised at some point or be in a reactive position if there's something going on. And if I can get ahead of it by educating my employees and certainly my supervisors to be able to recognize and uh, respond appropriately to instances of harassment, then I'm going to feel more in control and in better position. And then we also have a fair number of uh, clients that come to us who have had recent complaints. Mm. And so there's probably been a little bit of an uptick in complaints, but not as much as one might expect. So there probably more of them are just scared of or something could happen and they want to sort of proactively handle that. Is that m- most of... I would say, yes, I would say that's the majority of the requests that we get. Employers are thinking, okay, I need to really be clear with employees about where we stand on this issue and make sure that they know what our process is for uh, addressing any concerns. Yeah. And and taking steps to create a culture where all people feel included and no one's feeling singled out or targeted in any way. Go back real quick uh, to why this has become an issue in the first place. Has this always been there? Is it? Is it? Is there just a light being shined on this thing? Or is it all of a sudden now there's just a lot of issues coming up? Has this always been there? That's interesting. I don't know if I can effectively answer that question. <laughs> just I don't opinion. know if I have enough research or yeah. data to support that. I think the issues were probably always there. Just 
people never felt comfortable coming. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. You know, when when there's more information out there, it increases awareness yeah. for people. More of a reason to do probably training and like regular ongoing just awareness around this subject so if people feel actually feel comfortable going direct to either the people that are maybe causing this or their managers or would you say? Yeah, and there's always this issue or fear around retaliation mm. that yeah inhibits people from bringing their concerns forward. And I unfortunately, I don't know that that's ever going to go away. Employers can do their best to provide multiple options, you know, for people to report their concerns and reassure employees that they will not tolerate retaliation. It is unlawful, just as harassment is. And and make sure that they investigate and hold anybody accountable through corrective action if there is retaliation. But there, there's no real good outcome, unfortunately, that comes out of a harassment situation. So even if there is someone who's a victim and they bring a complaint forward and it's substantiated and the employer takes corrective action or even terminates the offender, it's still not a positive experience for the person who the you know who is effective and company. and even other yeah even yeah. other uh, colleagues coworkers or the organization when a complaint is made it sounds like you've probably dealt with some um, on the client side but in general what would you advise people when when they're coming to you saying hey I just got this complaint I don't even know what to do at this point like what what's the kind of the first action that employers probably be taking when they're when they have a complaint of some sort yes yeah, so they need to take especially now, everything very seriously. Yeah. So I always tell supervisors in training, if an employee's expressing a concern to you, if they're saying that they feel like they're working in a hostile work environment or they're complaining about another coworker who they feel is, you know, harassing them in some way, they need to take it seriously and be very objective in their response, even if maybe in the back of their mind, they're thinking, okay, this doesn't really sound like harassment. They need to let the human resource department and the company go through the process of yeah. getting all the facts around the situation and documenting those and, you know, really making sure or that they're able to substantiate whether or not there was harassment or not. I, well, before we started recording, I had asked you this question just out of curiosity, really. I, I just I kind of felt like, especially with the media putting so much emphasis on this and the heightened sense, sensitivities around it, I felt like people are automatically guilty before kind of proven innocent, which is like sort of the opposite in, in, in terms of the legal process. But you brought up something that was interesting. You said, well, it impacts their brand. And talk about that because I think that that does make sense. It's like as an employer, if you have a complaint, that's going to impact you regardless, whether it's true or whether it's not, you you need to go through the fact finding process, but either way, it's going to impact the brand. Yeah, it can. Um, and the culture it, really. Sure. It, it does, uh, you know, employers need to do their best to keep investigations and complaints confidential, right? Yeah. But we know we can't control that 100%. Employees have the right to talk with each other and, and that just happens often. So, you know, if you're a high profile employer or organization and you have a significant complaint or if you have multiple complaints, then yeah, there's really 
no way to get around having the perception out there that something's not right with that culture. And so, you know, really the only thing you can do, I kind of compare this to negative glass door reviews. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only thing you can do is to continue focusing on doing the right things. And really, you know, the company leaders need to be out in front of the employees communicating that, look, this is not okay. We are addressing these concerns. We're following the letter and the spirit of the law. And uh, we are committed to our people and our culture. And because of that, we're going to be providing some extra training and coaching and support for people so that people can feel confident in that and, and safe in this workplace. When you think about the side that we really tend to help on, which is the proactive side of, of dealing with these sort of issues, what are some of those top things that employers could probably do to just make sure that downstream they're not going to have as many issues come up? I and mean, you can't outright prevent this, but I, but I think there's, to your point, there's things you can do within your culture and education that help fight these things. Absolutely. So one thing I want to bring up before I give you my, my top three tips is one of the things that I've noticed that I found interesting recently is employees, after I've done a harassment prevention training, I call it respect in the workplace or commitment to a respectful workplace, I've had employees for the first time in many years come up to me after the session and thank me for doing the training. And I, it's well, a little bit, it's funny to me yeah. because, you know, in years past, people are required to attend yeah, a mandatory yeah, harassment training. They sit there, they, employee file. they endure it, you know. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I've gotten that much better or more entertaining necessarily, but I think employees are appreciating the fact that their employer is is again committed to providing this safe and respectful workplace and they recognize right that there are differences and in, in terms of backgrounds and perspectives and beliefs there's diversity in organizations and we want to make sure that everybody feels included and has a sense of belonging and that they're not going to tolerate Right, any disrespectful or unlawful conduct. And so I think it's refreshing, actually, that employees are actually expressing some appreciation around that training. So that kind of segues into one of the things that employers can do is to provide that training to not only the supervisors, which is really important, but to all employees uh, around. Get everybody in the same room. Yeah, get everybody in the same room and People need tools and coaching around how to have conversations with each other. That is one of the single biggest challenges in organization is that feedback is not normalized. It's this thing that's uncomfortable, scary, and so we avoid it. And so what happens is when people are interacting and someone might say something, maybe it's a little off color or offensive to another employee, employees aren't comfortable with directly addressing that. So they just let it stew because they're not thinking it's serious enough to go to HR about. And so they just let it go. And what that does is that creates more disconnect and mm. misunderstanding between people. And the best practice would be for that person to just approach that person, you know, directly. the individual, and in a very non-emotional, respectful way, say, hey, you know, when you made that comment, 
here was the impact to me or here's how I felt and why. And I'm assuming that you have good intentions and you didn't mean to hurt my feelings or be offensive, but I wanted to make you aware and let you know directly and ask if you'd be willing to, you know, not make those types of comments around me in the future. And, you know, people think, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But it takes some training and practice for people to get comfortable with having those conversations. And I always ask in trainings, I say, okay, folks, if you said something to someone that they found offensive, would you rather, one, have that person go right to HR, two, have that person go to your supervisor and request that your supervisor talk to you, or three, have them come to you directly and let you know? And everybody always says, well, number three. Duh. <laughs> have a direct so conversation. I don't we, want we a, all, other people involved. Yeah, we all agree. Okay. That's the best, the best way to approach it. But giving employees tools and letting them practice in a safe environment and getting some coaching and feedback on how to have those conversations is important. So the second thing is employers need to lead with their values, right? So if employers have clearly stated values. And you're talking about the organization's values. Right? Exactly, your core values. So yeah. whether it's accountability, diversity, respect for yeah. others or the community or whatever it is, it should be unique to the organization. They need to make sure that they are articulating behaviors and communicating those as expectations, yep. workplace expectations for behavior. So you have a policy around harassment, but you also have workplace expectations for professional communication and how you act consistent with our values. So how someone does their job and how they interact with others and their team is just as important as what they do. So really being clear about what those expectations are, reminding employees of them, making sure you're incorporating those value-based behaviors in your hiring process, in your recognition programs, and certainly your performance management process. You're really talking about embedding all this in the culture and just making it a part, part of it. And this is how you prevent this stuff downstream. It's the yes. It's the culture work. It's the proactive stuff that if people are recognized and rewarded for mm-hmm. demonstrating value behaviors and if they're provided coaching and supportive feedback when they're not mm-hmm. right, demonstrating mm-hmm. those values, that's how you shift your culture. And there are f- fewer chances for people to get into situations of unproductive conflict and, yeah. and even harassment. I mean, you and I were talking uh, for probably half an hour before we started recording about this. And it, you brought up such a good point that it's like, if if you could just have a direct conversation with somebody and and nip this thing before it ever became an issue, I mean, most people are not trying to go out and harass people or discriminate. Most generally most mm-hmm. people, right? But there's a there's probably a few that sure. are probably going out of their way to do it. Sure. But a lot of the times, probably for the majority, it, a direct conversation with that person, feedback could have solved it. Right. And if that person, if it's presented in a way that that doesn't put the receiver on the defensive, yeah. then hopefully the receiver takes some responsibility, apologizes yep. and agrees, right? Not yep. to not to do that again and you move on. And really yep. the act of acknowledging and apologizing actually fosters trust between those individuals. Anyway, yep. so 
Yes. Back to your point about there are exceptions. Certainly, if there are people who are in positions of power, who are abusing that power, then those those instances, they need to be nipped in the bud quickly, right? And And seriously after investigation. So when you have a situation where an employee feels that their employment is impacted negatively because they're being targeted based on their protected class or maybe it's sexual harassment related. That's what I think many employers are afraid of because the fear of retaliation prevents the employee from speaking up. And certainly Mm -hmm. because of the power differential, they're not comfortable having that direct conversation with their supervisors. So that's what scares employers the most and really The only thing that you can do uh, to prevent that is to have some real clear accountabilities uh, for your supervisors and leaders. Make sure that you're getting some feedback, um, even anonymous um, in engagement or pulse surveys, making sure that you you are observing um, how they're communicating with their team, that there are objective processes for any employment decisions. So, you know, maybe HR is partnering with managers to make sure that, hey, if someone's pay is changed or they're promoted or terminated, that, you know, there's some evaluation to Mm -hmm. ensure that there's uh, consistency and no bias you bring up some really good points just about the like the power differential and why those issues have come up because I'm sure the employee at the at the lower level probably doesn't feel like yeah they, they anybody would advocate or they can't have a direct conversation like take the and this is stupid example but it's it's the one that's so public right now it's like the Hollywood stuff Harvey Weinstein powerful guy in Hollywood actresses trying to to make their next break they have to stay silent because they they want their career to progress and they feel like if they come out and and get everybody involved in this harassment thing they retaliation they're they're not going to get that break they're not going to become a famous actress like they they wanted so they they what do they do they stay silent now all this stuff comes up mm-hmm. yeah. this happens in the workplace all the time right it does yeah and i i've talked to people in the workplace who told stories from years back that when they were in intern roles or they yep. were starting out in their career and they were being mentored uh, by a senior person that they experienced some of those things some more subtle yeah uh, but they certainly didn't feel like they were in a position to challenge or speak up. And some of them even thought, well, maybe this is what I need to do to advance. I get that. So, you know, the only way, like I said, for employers to have a pulse of what's going on is to be connected with their supervisor or leader's practices and make sure that they're providing this training. Obviously, like it goes to the training piece, but like even before that, it's <laughs> making sure to hire the right people that probably fit your culture. Absolutely. Right? And that's why I talk about leading with your values. Yeah. So yeah. if you're really clear about what a culture fit looks like and you're asking the right behavioral questions um, that will give you an indication as to whether or not someone shares your your values and beliefs and has demonstrated that in the past, then you're yeah, you're in a much better position. Um, before I derailed you, did you cover your your three things? 
Yeah. So the, the <laughs> third thing was having a clearly worded policy that's communicated at onboarding and also annually. Yeah. So employees need to know how to recognize signs of harassment and really importantly, um, options for getting their concerns addressed. And that's something that, you know, I ask people in trainings, okay, when was the last time you looked at your employee handbook or your harassment policy? And pretty much everybody is like, well, that was when I went through my new hire orientation. And so this is something that employers need to, right, pull out and and you can incorporate in your training, but at least review every year, or every two years at minimum, so that employees are refreshed and and it's current, clear information. So let's wrap up. I want to I want you to talk about why, uh, just kind of big picture, and you might have some bias in this because you do so much training. Why is training so important? Why do employers need to do this? And then provide some some options for training because it's not, especially with fragmented workplaces, it's probably hard to get everybody in the room together. There's got to be some other options for making sure that people are getting trained uh, every two years, like you said. Yeah. So why is training important? We talked a little bit about that, but number one, it provides the employer with an affirmative defense. So if you've ever talked to an employment attorney, they'll tell you this. What that means is if you do get a claim, right, then you can show, you can demonstrate that, hey, we're a well-intentioned employer. We've done the right things by putting a policy out there, educating our employees on what harassment looks like, how to get their concerns addressed. And that does help you in your defense. But really more importantly, if you are investing in training, you're showing your people that you care about them and the culture, and you're committed to operating under the letter and spirit of the law. So that's really Why what, so what we hope employers lead with. In terms of training options, what we find that works the best is to have a instructor-led type workshop where people have the opportunity to engage in discussion and ask questions from a subject matter expert and doing that at least once every two years. And if you're a larger organization uh, or you have a dynamic team, changing team, maybe once every year. And then using some web course options for onboarding and then certainly uh, when new supervisors are promoted, getting them quickly up to speed on their responsibilities as it relates to preventing workplace harassment, having them take a web course until you have the opportunity to offer the next live. Since you've been doing so much of this, what are you seeing from our clients or just even those that aren't our clients that are asking us for solutions? Are they asking for the kind of on-site training? Are they asking for a web course, maybe a mixture of both? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, we see both. So uh, we have a number of clients who have uh, incorporated an online course on harassment in their onboarding process. So anytime an employee or supervisor is hired, within 30 days, they have them take the harassment web course. And a lot of them use ours. And I'll put a link up to that, by the way. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, if you're if you're not in a state like California that requires a minimum duration of training, ours is one hour that we have for, for employers outside of Oregon. And it's quick and engaging and employees can get and supervisors can get the information that they want and need. And then employers are also 
those same employers are also offering a live workshop. They're bringing us in for uh, either a supervisor and or employee and supervisor session once a year. And some of them, like I said, every two years, Perfect. just to refresh everybody. And and here's the thing too, the laws are changing, mm-hmm. right? So what has happened politically and socially in our world has triggered changes in employment law. And so employees and, and surely supervisors need to be up to speed. You know, we have new employment protections <laughs> now that we didn't have yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. So certainly employers need to be Agreed. educated on that. Well, good stuff, Susie. I, th- I appreciate you jumping on the podcast to talk about this. For listeners, I wanted to, to mention that Susie's got a new video series we're putting out called Transform Your Workplace. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for this, but go check that out because there's tips just like this and they're in little bite-sized increments, like a minute and a half videos that she'll provide you with awesome like three key takeaways for for whatever topic we're talking about. Uh, Susie's on LinkedIn if you want to connect with her there and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and all those places. So connect with me there as well. Susie, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And if anybody has questions on this topic, I know that it's confusing <laughs> and <laughs> troublesome and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on out there. If anybody has questions or would like some guidance, feel free to reach out to us and we can connect you to some information that may be helpful. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.